This week, the number one show on Netflix was Sex Education. <laughs> hey, Justin. Yes, Dave? Why are people watching this? I don't know, Dave, but let's figure it out. Okay. So, yeah, this uh, first maybe a disclaimer that uh, this episode will discuss subjects such as sex and penises, probably. Probably. So, if you're listening with small people who don't want to hear about sex and penises, you should maybe skip this one. Or if you don't want to hear about sex and penises and vulvas. Well, you should see a therapist. Yeah, you should. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah. All right, Dave. This um, sex education. Sex education. I will say to everybody, uh, this was the number one show um, on Netflix because there was a season three that just came out. But we always have the precedent of... We go back and watch first episode of first season. So we watched the pilot, essentially, of right. Sex Education, which is a couple few years old, which yep. I had not seen, but Dave had seen. Yes. Long-time so, long fan, long-time listener. Okay, but I had I didn't know what it was at all. Okay. I, I had no good. idea. I don't know how I missed it, but Just I had missed it entirely. Hit you in the side of the head like a flaccid salmon. <laughs> I got swaffled <laughs> by a flaccid salmon. Yeah. Um, so this, yes, this then is all you need to know for this current discussion coming up. Season yeah. one, episode one, episode Justin one. hadn't seen it. Dave is familiar <clears throat> with everything to so do. So I may slip into, because I've seen, I'm yeah. kind of almost finished episode or season three now. So I've got this whole background yeah. that you don't have. So I'm going to try and keep it to discussing just the first yeah, yeah and it's what, okay what i might ask you some questions about what's coming but it, but what's coming oh my god <laughs> oh, everything in this show you sly dog oh my yeah. lord everything's gonna be double entendre for this yeah, one we're just All right. a couple of awkward middle-aged men here we go here's the official netflix synopsis for sex education a teenage boy with a sex therapist mother teams up with high school a high school classmate to set up an underground sex therapy clinic at school yeah yeah. It's a good description already. Like, that yeah. sounds compelling to me. It's a great premise for a show. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, I right off the bat, I'd be like, hmm, that sounds... I would watch that. Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't watch it before now. I don't know what happened in my life that I missed this show. Right. All right, Dave, what's next? Then we get our well, own synopsises. Y- yeah, you've watched the first episode. Synopsize for I, me. I'll synopsize based on my first... Just sure. watching this one episode. <laughs> Give me your synopsis, I need your synopsis. Give me your synopsis, I need your synopsis now. Sex Education is a comedy television show where you're made to feel real empathy and maybe even shed a tear while watching a school bully battle a raging unwanted erection. (laughs) How is this possible? Because whoever made this show understands what it's like to be a human. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to be a soft and tender on this one. I'm going to speculate. I will tell you this. This will probably be, the, of all the things we've seen, the thing that I have the least amount of bad things to say about. Wow. I may actually need a box of tissues. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Dave. For, for weeping. For yeah, weeping. Uh, please <laughs> specify. This has gotten off to a bad start. Okay, go. Yeah. What's your synopsis? <clears throat> okay. Do the words penis... Hymen, erection, vulva, and intercourse make you uncomfortable, then perhaps you'd better go back to watching Riverdale. (laughs) Join the multidimensional teens of Moordale Middle School as they explore the pitfalls of emotional and sexual relationships with all the rawness of real humans with real bodies and real feelings and real personalities. Also, Gillian Anderson. (laughs) Wow, we both... It's interesting. We both hit on the same idea of... Because I was talking about how understanding about what it's like to be a human. Yeah. I think we both pinpointed that, like, this felt like real people doing real things. So whoever is, that's what I'm saying, whoever wrote this yeah, knows what's going on inside our heads. Lori Nunn wrote this. I, I looked her up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but maybe we'll get into that later on. I'm not sure. But um, So I've got a long list here, so we better just get right into it, of uh, things that were okay, I guess. This was okay. Okay. Um, what do you have? Well, I just started writing down random phrases. Okay. <laughs> and I'll just see if I can remember what I what they were about. One was actually shagging. 
Do you remember when they got in the beginning and they're just pointing out like, like this, and, and like these people are this and this person is that, and those people are actually shagging. And there's just two people having sex randomly on campus. Like that's funny. Like it started out so strong in terms of like giving you a sense of place, and I just like, you know, the acting was great, the writing was great, the way they shot it was great, uh, the way it was edited together was great. Like there was nothing problematic from the get go. You're like, this is good. Yeah. And then the rest is just jokes, like the swing band. Yeah. Well, I love that swing band flipping the guy off after yeah. sending him a note. Yeah, you're you're playing his shit or your shit. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, when he goes, when the the antagonist guy, the what I don't know his name, the 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 guy who Otis? can't orgasm, he yeah. goes into the um, the house of the sex therapist and picks up that giant penis and starts swinging it around like a sword. It's a funny visual. Uh, the phrase man milk is funny. <laughs> I loved it when he's like, your mom is great. Why are you so shit? I, that's funny. Anything Gillian Anderson did, yeah. really, really strong actor. So good. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> your words made him come. That's funny. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, um, so many things were good. Mostly, if you think about this, Dave, mm-hmm. if you and I had to shoot a show like this. Yeah. Where we're doing fairly graphic sex scenes. Yes. Like, that's a difficult thing to do as an actor. And they all did great. Yeah. I was so impressed with them being so good at what it is that they had to do. And I guess, just to, I will just stop reading all these things, but to sum it all up, essentially what's happening is you have a, a show that's dealing with sex in a very graphic way. And it can be kind of crude, like like Bad Mouth, uh, uh, Big Mouth. Yes. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, like, yes. Yeah. It's very funny, but yeah. like they double down on crude. And you're like, yeah, this is, it's it's smart sometimes, but it's also kind of crude. Yeah. Whereas this was not crude. Like no. for su- in some way, they managed to show like massive like graphic sex scenes and like just full on genitals. And they're talking, everything they're talking about is crude. And all of it felt smart. Yeah. And real. And I don't, it's just miraculous how you could do that, but they did it. Yeah, it was a very delicate ballet of yeah. that sort of thing, which is, which is, yeah, it's incredibly hard to do because we've watched so many of these horrible, trashy yeah. teen things where, like, you know, the, you know, it's all backlit and like these these sex scenes are all very like, uh, you know, like something almost like a pornographic scene yeah. would be like shot, like soft you know? core porn stuff. Yeah. And and that's and in reality that's not how sex is. Sex is awkward and silly, yeah. and especially like, at this age where they're like fumbling around and nobody really knows what they're doing, and it's goofy and stuff. And yet they capture that, but yeah, they don't just they don't just wallow in the in the you know, yeah, the sex of it. I don't know. No, you uh, yeah, the, whatever tone they manage to get, either through the writing or through the acting or through the directing. I don't know how they got there. But it, it comes off as real compelling to watch, not awkward, not gross, not gratuitous, just real and funny and also poignant. And I think how they did that is because right out of the gate, they make they're they're making these they start building these characters almost immediately, yeah. right? They start building these characters and adding layers and complexities and they've got these two lives they've got this life at school and they've all and they've all got this other life at home with their parents and these complex relationships yeah and everybody's got some flaws they work those right in off the bat you know there's so right off the bat you realize these characters are they're humanized immediately they have multiple layers yeah you're right so many things that we watch everyone's one dimensional yeah whereas in this there's like i don't know there's a whole ensemble cast and yet after one episode i'm already like you could I know what each character is about. I understand their internal conflicts. Uh, it's neat. Yeah, I think that's just good. Good writing is what that is. It's great writing. It's like it's really focusing on giving these people some depth and not just a lot of these will just have yeah an ensemble cast and everybody will be a stock character. All oh, these are the mean girls. Yes, that's right. And this is are, the dork. This is the gay best friend, and he's yeah. like a, a cardboard cutout of a gay guy. Because right? and they had the gay best friend in this, but I yeah. thought his character was quite good. Oh, like they it really... wasn't just like corny, sassy gay best friend stereotype. There's one scene, the very first scene when you see the Adam Adam character, who's the bully, the school bully, comes up and slams him into the locker and takes his money and yeah. takes his, and then that 
actor Eric, the the best friend, you, you see this. He does this whole thing on his face, right? Where he where transforms. He's, like, he's such a happy guy, right? He just wants to be happy. He wants to be out there. And his whole face, you know, you see this kind of like frightenedness, and it kind of passes through like sadness. And then he kind of like smiles a little bit. And then he kind of comes up with a big yeah. smile and goes on with on, yeah, they, about his day. And it's like, that was brilliant. That was so well done because it just encapsulated. Yeah. Here's this guy. He's just trying to be himself and he's being bullied by this guy, but he's still going to be himself no matter what happens. Yeah, or... it was it was a little five seconds on this character. And in that five seconds, he managed to tell you so much about his characters in inner life. Yeah. Uh, which is... It was it wasn't corny. It was just good filmmaking. The other thing I liked about this too, well, one other another thing is the adult. Like all these shows we've been watching about teen dramas lately, we've watched a slew of them. The adults are either just like complete idiots or not present at all. They're yeah. just outside of this world. But there's adults intermingled in this, and they all have complex lives, and they all have the same kind of problems that the kids have, which is as an adult and as. I'm an adult, you're an adult, mm-hmm. you know, That's sometimes I say. feel like a 17 year old idiot kid, you know, just fumbling my way through life. We all have the same kind of problems. Yeah. You know? No, you're right. They had, that's right. It's a movie about, or it's a film of, not a film, what do I keep saying? It's a television show about teens, but at the same time, like they had real adult characters in it that we can relate to. Yeah. With real problems that are like, oh yeah, no, I totally get that, you know? Yeah. And flaws, right? It's great to have people with flaws. Yeah, so, I mean, for a pilot episode of a show, and I mean, I have this impression that things coming out of the UK are just on a different level to the garbage coming out of the US or Canada, even, Mm -hmm. when it comes to television shows. Because, like, this show, I haven't seen anything more than the pilot, and I'm already like, well, it's very good television. Mm -hmm. And, like, one of the best shows I've seen is Fleabag. I don't know if you've seen Fleabag. But it's one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. And also yeah. out of the UK. Also, there's a kind of aesthetic which is similar in a way to this. Mm-hmm. And just good writing, good acting, good everything. Yeah. And I'm like, it's it's something that they're not nailing in US shows anymore. No, and unless we're just more of the audience that we appreciate the British shows. And maybe in America, they do appreciate these goofy, stupid, two-dimensional shows. I, yeah, it's hard to say because maybe that doesn't appeal to American audiences because it's too complicated. <laughs> maybe I, yeah, but uh, yeah, I feel like this should appeal though. I feel like this is, I mean, Fleabag won a lot of awards and things like that, and so I think people who make things understand the artistry involved or something. Yeah. But um, maybe you're right. Maybe the average audience. What did just, you? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, you. no, that's it. That's all I got to say, man. <laughs> what? Did, how did you feel about the aesthetic of all this? Like the the whole town and the. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because it's a UK location, but it's definitely got some American feel to it. And there's obviously the high school itself felt a bit like a a John Hughes movie kind of thing, and everything was a bit like a bright cinema feel to it. Right. So it was, uh, it wasn't your typical like UK <laughs> school setting, which is everyone in a uniform and it's dark and sad. All yeah. Which was an intentional, like I've, we did some reading. You probably did as well. Yeah. But, which, you know, she, it was an homage to those John film, John Hughes I, kind of breakfast club. That's what I was. Yeah. I saw something films. on that. But and, also, did you notice like, it was kind of a retro feel too. Cause there was like, it's, it's modern day. They have, smartphones yeah. but like car the cars were all from the 90s or earlier they're all kind of dressed like the 80s all the appliances like there's vhs machines and there's yeah. like there's old appliances around and everywhere and yeah. everything's every every home you go into is a little different like mave in the trailer park it's kind of like an early 2000s like early night or mid 90s kind of trailer park and yeah i yeah and that's obviously they did that on purpose yeah and i think it's just like it's kind of creates this fantasy world of mm. this isn't locked yes. in any specific place it's surreal time. you're right about that yeah and even the even the phone that they did you never really got to look at the phones like yeah. they they kept and this the text screening was very much like this isn't the new iphone it's just sort of a you know they didn't want to dive too much into the phone usage. I feel like you're right. They're trying to keep it sort of universal anywhere between the 60s and 2020. Yeah, they're all driving like old, ten, or riding old like 10-speed bikes Yeah, and exactly. Stuff and... Which I think is great. Because at some point I was like, oh, I wonder when this is set. And I'm like, it doesn't really matter. And then a phone came out and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess it's modern. Whatever. Yeah. Which was I thought was great. Yeah. Uh, just Gillian Anderson. Can we just take a moment to just... Just take a moment of silence. Yeah. 
I mean, ever since she was Scully, I've been just like hooked, ha! you know? Oh, no. Just, You're not one of these Scully uh, files, are you? Yeah, I probably have I probably have a full-size poster of Scully somewhere Do in, you? hidden in my home. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> yeah, but no, but she's just, she's just very, um, she's just very good on screen. She yeah. inhabits whatever character she's in. It's great. So the other thing I wrote down here is this isn't a show about sex, like sex backslash life. Yeah. This is like a show about, it's about communication, really. Sex is kind of happening, but it's more about like communication and honesty seems to be like the core thing is like, you know, it's instead of just a show about sex and trying to figure out what's going on, uh, like a lot of shows where, you know, we would have a tendency to be just awkward and, and yeah, just try and figure out and pretend what's going on without discussing it. This show is like, here's sex, but we're going to talk about everything that's going on around it and mm-hmm. that's being, a good way to put it yeah yeah because like like big mouth is is about kids learning about sex so so much of the topics are like oh no this is how penises work yeah you know exactly. and the jokes are around that whereas this is like you're right it's about people's relationships and problems and the, and the vehicle that they talk that they tell us about these characters is through their sex issues but yeah. it isn't the focus yeah but it's sense. it's so refreshing that they're having these discussions that about this thing that's a major part of their life, but they're having them as if it's some other, it's anything else you're talking about, like, you know, what you had for breakfast, right? They're talking about sex. Sex stuff, yeah. Yeah. Which that's is, what was interesting. Like, that, that's, you know, the scene which is, I referenced in the synopsis where the dude has that crazy erection and then the guy <laughs> starts, and then it, that obviously is the catalyst for this sex therapy premise. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, he's talking about, they're all talking about very, you know personal graphic or sexual things but in a matter of fact kind of way which yeah. is just really um i don't know it seemed it, at the same time it's obviously sort of fanciful yes it felt g- weirdly grounded yeah if i don't know how that it's true but it is true yeah it was surreal but at the same time a good mirror to reality exactly so well, we really liked this show, apparently, because uh, we've gone on for a while about stuff. Uh, yeah. Did you have anything else you really liked about it? Um, bu- 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 bum. I like that the guy who's the bully, who's set up, at, uh, you see him in the very beginning as having some, faking his orgasm and then being yeah. like, and then bullying the other character. And so he's the the, the bad guy, but he's not the bad guy. He may be the protagonist. By the end of the show, you're like, oh, we sympathize with this guy. So like, there is no bad guy. Yeah. Like these are just regular people with issues and there's no good guy, bad guy. And that's great. I like a show that's that does that. It doesn't tell you who you're rooting for and who you're rooting against. It's just showing you people doing people stuff. Yeah. I mean there's certainly more likable and less likable people, but that's like everywhere in life, you know. Yeah. Like there's you know, more people that you are attracted to and you like than less Yeah. But you're right. It's like there's no okay, he's the villain, he's gonna be the villain through with the thing. It's like, oh he's the villain. And then they're immediately like, well, but he's got all these insecurities and this is why he's the villain, you know, or he's yeah. got all these issues and his dad's an idiot and all these other things. So yeah, he's humanized immediately. Yeah. It's like, he's not just some cardboard cutout bad guy. Yeah. So I liked that. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Anyway, that's, yeah, that's it. I mean, wow. just we generally just, liked everything. Yeah. We just loved this thing. Loved it. Yeah. So I guess we'll move on to uh, some grumbles and gripes. Dave and Justin's Grumbles and Gripes. All right, Dave, are you ready for my lists? Yeah. I'm surprised you found something. Well, guess what? There's nothing on it. Good Lord. It says Grumbles and Gripes, and there's a bullet point, and it says none. Wow. Has that ever happened? That has never happened. Not from you. Not from Not me, from of you. all people. Wow. I couldn't. Is this is this the antihistamine talking? That I you did took? have some antihistamine this morning, <laughs> and I feel kind of groggy and foggy. Yeah, and I might be more magnanimous and less um, misanthropic than normal, perhaps. Yeah, but but even at your worst, though, you should be. Yeah, able to... even at my worst, being the most happy, which I guess is what I am, <laughs> uh, most unlike myself. I have nothing. Nothing. I was like, well, there's got to be something that I didn't like, and I thought about it. And I concentrated and I spent like a good 30 seconds, and which is a lot of time for me to spend thinking. And nothing came to mind. I really don't know what to say 
that would be honestly like I was like, oh, I didn't. This was bad. Can't think of anything. Wow. Do you? You must have something. I had nothing about the show per se. Okay. But I'm gonna get a little personal here. Oh my. Because I think this show just calls for that. Really. It is very intimate. Yes. I'll, I'm gonna get, grab myself a coffee and settle in. Okay. This well, is getting personal with Dave. Well, it's when I watch shows like this. This show in particular, because I started watching this when it first came out. And I really had this, after I watched a few episodes, I had this feeling, I was just struck by this feeling of like, just wistful melancholy for Uh-oh. like, I want to be in this world. Uh-huh. Like I didn't want to- You want to be young again? Well, I want to be, I wanted to be young again. I want to be in this world where you're like, you're, you're making discoveries and you're like, every day is like a new and exciting day. And I want to be in this world of like acceptance and- where this sort of thing is okay to talk about and... Oh, I see. You know, like, what if your high school life... Like, I don't know what your high school life was like, but mine was not like this at all. But what if your high school life had been like this? Like, how much of a different person would you have turned out to be? If it was just this, uh, where everything was out on the table and you could talk about anything, you had yes. permission? All your insecurities, you know, you could... Mm. And, there, and people were, you know, moderate or mildly accepting of all things. Yes. In a, in a, yeah. Because that is not at all like my high school. High yeah, school in the States it. in the 80s. No. We're yeah. not mo- mildly accepting of anything. <laughs> it was just mocking anything different, you know? No, you're right. I mean, yeah. I wonder if, but I don't think that's the way kids, like this is a, uh, this is a fantasy world, right? So like, it's not like this is how it is now when high school is in 2021. I don't know. Is it though? I don't my think wife, so. Before I left home, my wife said, now make sure you don't go on the podcast and start carrying on like, you know, like what life is like in high schools now. <laughs> and I'm like, you're probably right. She goes, cause life in high school is like absolutely nothing. You have no clue. So just keep your mouth shut about that. Okay. So a bit of a pointer. Okay. Well, I am ignorant. Dance. Other than that, my daughter is and her friends. Some of them are in high school. And so I'm listening to them talk. So I'm at least gleaning a tiny fraction right. of understanding but you're right. I'm speaking from a place of ignorance. and But I still don't think that people talk about sex this frankly in like all of the people. Oh, of course not. Right? Not at all. It's still so, it's so like, no, I don't, you're right. It would be better if we did, but I don't think we necessarily do. As far as I know, I don't know. But what if, Justin? What then, if? What, it would have been what, way what, better. It would have been way better. It would have been so much better. I would have been... I might like, have had a girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I often say this to a friend of mine that I worked with. I said, if I ever wrote an autobiography of my early years, like up till I was about, you know, mm-hmm. till I met my wife, I would have called it, I missed the whole thing. Oh, no. Because I've spent so much of my time fumbling around trying to figure out how to make <laughs> girls like me and, and how to be a, a, you know, a good or like a, a guy that people would like. Oh girl. my. Okay. You know, and so I missed I missed so many activities. I missed so many things. Like I was in the Middle East and I spent I was on the top of Mount Sinai and I spent the whole time there trying to like get this girl to like me. Missed the whole thing. <laughs> I missed sunrise on Mount Sinai because I was busy trying to get her to like me. So that's the story of my if this had been my high school, I would have I would have had such a fuller life since then. You know, Dave, I feel like we're, maybe we are good friends because we're in the same boat all the time. And I feel like that describes more or less my life. I mean, I wasn't at Mount Arafat or Mount Sinai or wherever the <laughs> hell you were. But like, I also spent a lot of time pining mm-hmm. and not, you know, not doing a great job of like being in touch with who I am and, and, and having any confidence and therefore. So like, um, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe this is the way it should have been for us, and, and we missed out on, on these things. Although, I don't know, because you needed those formative years of of missing out in order to be who you are now, Dave, it's, which is a fully functional, non-asshole of a human being. Yeah, for most of the time, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so that's not really a grumble and gripe. It's just... Watching shows like this and realizing and thinking that there's another fantasy world out there that could have been possible just makes me sad because <laughs> because it, it wasn't possible at the time, you know? Yeah. So it's 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 nothing, really. It's just kind of a feeling of just regret for a world that could have been but actually could never have been. It's, so 
So the, what do you call that? It's I not nostalgia because that's re- regret for the way things Yeah, there's were. A, probably a term for that, like a some kind of psychosis term. No, I think for a world that never existed <laughs> in your youth that you could have been part of. Yeah, I do, <laughs> I do feel like there. It's like I would. I'm better off now in this time period than I was in the '80s. I wasn't like a personality type that worked really well growing up then. Because mm-hmm. like I work better now when people are trying to be more helpful and accepting of of each other, right? Because I was just too too empathic and not yeah. douchey enough to thrive <laughs> in the eighties. <laughs> you were not douchey enough. No, I wasn't much of a jock asshole, right? And I feel yeah. like they were the ones that ruled the roost in the eighties. And yeah, but now they're all at, they're just old, overweight vacuum cleaner salesmen now. So don't worry vacuum about it. Cleaner salesman okay <laughs> you're a goddamn doctor for god's sakes yeah sure yeah sure not exactly. the kind that helps people <clears throat> anyway the only other grumbling gripe i have which is very related to this is unrequited love so uh, I, I, you oh can no. obviously see right there's off the bat theme. there's going to be a theme here of in, uh-huh. in this show right i mean even though they've seen one episode of otis and mave you know mm-hmm. the the troubled girl there's going to be some kind of love thing there. So I'm and just spoiler alert. It just goes on for all three seasons of them just trying to get together, but bad timing. And yeah. Yeah. Miscommunication. Okay. And those things, although they're interesting to watch, they drive me bonkers because I feel every one of those things. And I just feel like, <laughs> you know, like it's kind of, it feels manipulative and I kind of enjoy going through it, but at the same time, it's, it's deeply painful. Yeah. You know, because I so identify. But this has to be a human universal, right? I think it is, yeah, which is why they do it, right? But right. And they stretch these things out season after season. I know, it's painful to watch. It's so painful to watch because you just want... But of course, and then once people get together, then what? what is it? Well, you it's know. like Ross and Rachel. Like, yeah, they get together and you're like, yeah, okay, then. Yeah, okay. That's... It ruins... The, the tension is the, the reason we watch it. You yeah. want them to get together, but if they do, you're done watching. But there's dramatic tension, and then there's like ripping your your heart's guts oh, out. And, and when and and for me, it's you know I know they're doing it in the name of dramatic tension, but for me it strikes me personally as like horribly painful to watch and sad. Okay, well there's two lessons there. One, Dave, <laughs> I think you need to talk to someone. Two, they're doing a good job again writing this show because it's making you yeah, realize it's, it's you need therapy. Just destroying my, me emotionally. I'm just just lying in a fetal ball like with the Netflix logo flashing in the, in the darkened room that I'm weeping in. I'm sorry I shouldn't laugh. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. Uh, okay. So so. What about a scene that didn't need to be in there? This didn't need to be in there. Why, oh, why did they include this scene? This didn't need to be in there. Tell me, what were they thinking? Well, it was hard to come up with anything, but I did have something. There's only one thing that struck me as unnecessary, and that's this one. They're in the classroom... And they have the biology teachers like, I guess I have to teach you about sex ed or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And like, and that teacher gets smacked in the head with a condom that flies <laughs> off of a penis, all right? And then yes. he's like, oh, I'm going to like see me after class or something. And I'm like, well, that was the only thing that was just, it was, it was a little too broad. It was a little too slapstick. Yeah. Because like everything else was sort of not slapsticky and outright silly. Yeah. But that was just a, a silly scene. And I'm like, well, it didn't, I literally think like it didn't necessarily need to be in there. It was just a chance for this comedy actor to do some comedic acting, I think. But right. didn't, it was the wrong comedic tone for the rest of the show. Okay. That's the only thing I could think of yeah. if I had to come up with a scene. What about you? Uh, Well, this is just nitpicking. I'm just nitpicking. I know. It took me a while to think yeah, of something. Yeah, like I really couldn't, but th- this... Because I, I, I hadn't seen this in, in a couple of years, so I had to go back and watch it. But like I say, I'm currently watching the third season. Yeah. So all these characters have developed through these things or whatever. So then the opening scene in uh, Adam's house with the headmaster is his dad, right? And he's yeah. upstairs. And it opens with like this full frontal like yeah. S- yeah. sex scene, you know? Yeah. Um, I thought that was... I, it seemed to kind of manipulative to me in a way like a lot of these Netflix shows are like when you get a series they'll start big like with just a full frontal nudity scene and then they get kind of people hooked in um, I had I know what you mean and I thought about including that exact scene 
yeah. for that reason. Because I'm like, well, this is just exploitative and gratuitous for no real reason. Right. Of just showing this girl's breasts in a, a big old sex scene. But then I read something, I think, when I was looking up the writer who was saying, like, that was the scene where, like, we want people to know what they're getting. And yeah. so if after the first few seconds, you're like, this is not for me, you know, right? Because if right. you're seeing that, you're like, oh, not my show. So it was just sort of like a um, a big warning sign yeah. in a way. And so if, it served its purpose in that sense. Because if, like, if you don't want to watch people having sex, then yeah. do not watch this show. <laughs> so that, yeah. So that's why I mean it was nitpicky. It, uh, it just seemed like, because when you follow those two other characters through the rest of the show, especially the, the girl, the female character, a- yeah. Amy, her character's not like that at all as through the show. So much. Oh, I see. Okay. It just... Uh, it seemed it didn't match up. Yeah, it just seemed that this didn't match up. And for that reason, it felt to me like a little bit of that Netflix manipulative, like, let's okay. get them in. I totally get that. Get them in the door kind of thing. That's I had, that same, I had the same feeling as well about that scene. I really had to think about why they would have included it. Yeah. And maybe there's a reason, but you're right. It did tonally seem slightly different. But at the same time, because of the dialogue that was going on and the way that whole scene played out, it fell right into line with the rest of the show, right? Like this weird awkwardness and like he's like for, he's like faking an orgasm. Like, yes, you're in, right. In kind of a comedic way, just like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's about. That was it. That's, that's all it. I could come up with. It's hard to find something. It's hard. Yeah. To find something. It's <laughs> Listen, that's uh, not going to fly. Right? Sorry, man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, a scene you wish you were in? I wish I was in that scene. It's really freaking cool. Yeah, really freaking cool. I wish I was in that scene. Don't you? Well, Dave, once again, I picked a scene that I wish you were in. <laughs> Which is doing this to me. That's great. I want you to be in the scene. I will be in any scene in this show. Let me just tell you. Okay. Well, this is the one you're in. You're in the one where the guy is sitting in the stall with his raging erection. Okay. And you've come in as the janitor. (laughs) I'm in the janitor again. To to clean the asbestos out of the out of the (laughs) building, right? And so you just stumble in and you overhear these kids talking about a raging erection, and then you as the as the adult in the room has to determine whether or not you intervene or not. I just want to see how you personally, Dave, the janitor, would handle that scene. Well, am I in full, just to be clear, am I like in full like hazmat No, gear? for some reason I picture you in a, with a mop and a bucket and overalls. I don't know how which you... Is, which is how you prepare to deal with asbestos. <laughs> I know. A mop and a bucket. <laughs> Let me just mop up some of this some highly mop up the asbestos volatile... Friable substance here but, that's getting but, in the air. But that's how I picture you walking in, and then you're just okay. like, "Oh, hey, kids, well." And then you've got some sort of sage janitorial advice on how to get rid of an erection. Yeah, I would probably tell some anecdotal story from my uh, "I missed the whole thing" years. Uh, you know, where I was in some kind of similar situation. I don't know exactly. Anyway, that's the scene. I'm not in it. You're in it, and I think well, the scene would have been improved. Thank you for putting me in there. Yeah. yeah. What do you I, th- got? That's the only concern I did have about this is that asbestos, because I I'd missed that the first time around, and then I went back and watched it. I was like, oh, that's why there's it's condemned, and they're in there a lot. Of a the, lot. I know it's dangerous. I was worried about. I that. did. Have, I forgot to mention this, but what did you think of the house, like Otis's house? <laughs> I actually had that in another section. I think of the things I liked. I liked the fact that he's he's in this his house is the safe space it's like the keep on the mountain yeah you know? like his it's a safe space it's like overlooking the whole town it's up it's high it's a gorgeous location and his and and it's and it's uh it's not as retro as the other ones like they have a yeah. modern fridge they have kind of modern appliances and um it's just a safe place and as soon as he comes home it's like he's safe and then he gets on his bike and he goes downhill oh geez. into the into the village and he's got to kind of you know do the battle with all the his raging hormones and all that stuff interesting and then he goes back up to the, the the castle on the hill type of thing so you like the imagery of the house on the hill the house was beautiful i had no complaints at all i thought it's it was really interesting i thought it was an interesting house it was massive i was like wow she's making a lot of money as a sex therapist that's yeah, great man. yeah she's good at what she does she's good at what she does and she's julian anderson so i would give her a house three times that size <laughs> so so what scene did you wish you were in it wasn't just oh it in... wasn't yeah just speaking of the hill actually this is a scene i wish you were in as well oh god it would, it would work better with you so the great. opening scene 
where uh, where Otis and uh, Eric, the two friends, are dry, are biking to school yeah. down the hill. For starters, I I think, wow, that hill's gonna suck coming home from school. Yep, because right? they're like coasting the entire <laughs> way for. Them. But I imagine like so they're up front having their discussion about you know everybody's having sex this year and why can't you masturbate and whatever they're discussing. But you and I would be like behind them on a tandem bike. Oh God, why does it have to be a tandem bike? <laughs> I don't know, just cause super nerdy, and just talking about like something completely unrelated, right? Like you know the latest uh, issue of Thor comic or something. You know, I don't know. <laughs> so you put us in a scene with two nerds, who, and you made us somehow nerdier than them. Yeah, I think you know we'd be just like maybe we'd be dressed in like tweed suits on, oh, on a tandem bicycle. Actually, I'm kind of into this. No. Yeah, and we'd be discussing philosophy and like Great. comic books and Dungeons and Dragons. Hundred percent. Kind of yeah. All right, fine. I want to be doing exactly that right now. Yeah. Let alone back then. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. So that was that was that. All right. Um, I guess we're moving into some trivia. Did you have any trivia on this? Well, did you have trivia about this? I Where'd have some I have a bit of a trivia, not specifically about this, but specifically about penises. Oh, well that's good because I had a sex quiz for you that okay, I pulled well, off of Cosmo. All right, Cosmo. <laughs> great, great. So what? Uh, okay, Why don't I'll we give... just fire back and forth trivia questions All right. from our perspective trivia quizzes. Great. All right, here we go. Yes. His first question. Multiple choice. What percentage of men in relationships always have an orgasm during sex? Is it ninety-five, seventy-five, or fifty-five? I would. I'm a middleman. I would say seventy-five. Seventy-five. It is seventy-five, yeah. which means one quarter of guys are not having orgasms during sex. That's that seems a little very high to me. That's that's a lot of faking going on. Uh, faking or just like just like, le- just like fleeing the interview and being like I'm all done. I'm fleeing. I'm the done. Interview. Anyway, um, all right. What uh, do you got? Is is penis size actually related to shoe size? No. Wow. Good. Good. good because guess. it was on my quiz too, so I guess I won't do that one next. Okay. Well, that that study was done. Uh, in the annals of sexual research, and they, they discovered there was no real correlation. Although, obviously, some people that are bigger with massive bodies have bigger penises. But, but there wasn't no... a correlation? Okay, yeah. interesting. Well, yeah. there's a study. I just thought it was a, a person. Yeah. All right, okay, that's a good one. Um, what percentage of women say they always, always have an orgasm during sex with their partner? Is it 14, 29, 48, or 74? I would go low. I'd say like 29. It is 29! Yeah. One third ish, almost. No, no, somewhere between a, half, a quarter and a third have always that's, have an orgasm. That's sad. We got to bring those numbers up. In the, in the <laughs> we'll next, do our part, Dave. In the next quarter, I want to see those numbers. <laughs> Listen, oh. Greg, I want to see those numbers up in the next quarter. <laughs> Your job is on the line. Here. I feel like that's a lot of responsibility for me personally. <laughs> okay. Lust and love uh, activate the same part of the brain. True or false? I just, I'm going to assume no. Right. Because like you can love guy. your goldfish without lusting after exactly. it. Exactly. Love is more of a built up series of like observations and feelings and emotions where lust is kind of tied in with that appetite and like sudden and hunger and that sort of that thing. That sounds like Greek philosophy to me. I like it. Yeah. Um, it, what is the average length of a hard penis? Three to four inches, six inches, or five to six inches? Oh, uh, well... I like a span, so I'm going to say five to six. Those yeah. other ones seem very too specific. So. You've nailed it. You've <laughs> nailed it again. Five to six inches. Okay, good. I'm, I'm average, I guess, in there somewhere. <laughs> we're all average, guys. Yay. We're all we're all average. Um, penises. Speaking of penises, used to have spikes all over them. True or false? What do you mean? Used to have spikes all over <laughs> like them? Human penises used to have spikes. Yeah, like in our evolutionary... False. False. Okay, well, I have it as true. Like chimps and mice and cats still have it. Barbed penises. Yeah. Barbed penises. Yeah. Yeah, I think spikes. I think this was stretching a little by saying spikes. Yeah, I know. Okay, I get it. Yeah, because like, like cats, man, they have... Uh, you know, they the, that thing goes in there and they can't dislodge. They're stuck in that position because yeah. of those spikes. Which is hilarious when you see it happening. Do you have anything about baculums in there? No. That's the penis bone. Okay. We're one of the few mammalian species that does not have a penis bone, a literal oh. bone that helps keep. I think even chimpanzees have it. Wow. If I'm not mistaken. Where did our bone go? Don't know. 
Really? Uh, it just evolved out. There you go. All right, but that's oh. not my question. My question is, if a guy thrusts, thrusts too hard, he could break his penis, true or false? Break. I, oh, see, that's... Is it an urban myth or is it true? I would have to say true. False. Okay. There's no no source. No, in, They don't explain anything. They just say false. The Cosmo scientists say false. All right. The Cosmo scientists. <laughs> I would love to see that laboratory. They're all like walking around a stiletto. Thrust heels. harder, Johnson. <laughs> yeah, we like, really need to test this. <laughs> Thrust harder. <laughs> okay. Wearing socks can help you reach orgasm. What? True what? or false? What? I don't even know how it's true, but I assume it is. A study from a, a university in the Netherlands, which oh. I couldn't pronounce the name, so I didn't write it down, Okay, um, came to the conclusion that, yes, women are 30% more likely to have an orgasm if they have warm feet. So This is a helpful tip. Yes, I'm. Socks. I'm pretty happy with this tip. Thanks, Dave. Let yeah, me, that's going to help your numbers in the next it's quarter. Help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. <clears throat> all right. All right. Here we go. Uh, how many times a year does the average American couple have sex? Ooh, I don't know. There's a. There's a. Yeah. There's 32, 66, 89, or 126. Those are your options. I'm gonna go low because I know there's like a spate of sexless marriages going on in the states. So like 32. It's 66. Good lord. So, so, but I mean that's American couples. I could be like you know two 19 year olds at university, which is right. like 66 yeah, they're, times they're a week. Skewing the curve. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. but so okay. 66. It doesn't. It doesn't well, seems fairly low. Interesting. Okay. Uh, how many nerve endings? does the clitoris have uh twice as many as the penis because that was one of my questions <laughs> okay but do you have a could you just like throw a number like an empirical number? Hundred and twenty-six thousand. Uh, wow that's sensitive no eight thousand okay I don't, I don't know man <laughs> eight thousand okay sure that's a lot though that's a lot that is a lot yeah oh my lord um in the united states most people's number of sexual partners is in the single digits, single digits, true or false? Single digits. So less than 10, fewer than 10. Uh, true. False. Wow. Apparently, people are doing it with lots of people in the States. The young people are skewing the numbers again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a natural vaginal lubricant called squalene that can be found in the liver of snakes, monkeys, or sharks. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> sharks. You're right. Okay. Shark livers have this lubricant called squalene in them. It's a natural lubricant. What the hell? I have Who no idea. Who figured that out? <laughs> Somebody. Someone removed a liver from a shark, slathered it all over themselves, <laughs> and then just started to have sex. And they're like, you know what? This works. This works. And, you know. I don't understand how these things get discovered. Although I don't even understand how they discovered you could drink milk from a cow. That just, who was the first person who did that? Yeah, that guy was like the village idiot. Yeah. And, and then they turned out to be, they monopolized the whole industry. Here's a question. After the bedroom... What's the second most popular place for people to have sex? Is it a public restroom, the car, or the kitchen? Wow. Uh, probably the car. Yes. How do you know that? I would never have guessed that. Well, that's, again, the young people, right? Because they don't have a home. So where are they going to go? They're, like, having sex in cars. So in your mind, the young people are having sex 123 times a week in their car. In a car. So thank God for the hatchback is all I can say. <laughs> I would have said. Did kitchen. you ever see a Lada? Remember Ladas? Those Was Russian it? cars? Yeah, the little four door, little <laughs> tiny cars. Imagine like trying to like have sex in a Lada. Oh, yeah, That's all right. Crazy. Uh, how many calories on average does sex burn per minute? I, I don't know anything three. about calories. Well, I'll give you some options: three to four, six to eight, or ten to fifteen. Ten to fifteen. Three to four. Okay, I don't know. It's I don't low, know. It's low impact. Low impact. Okay. Right. Um. How long is it before the average man ejaculates during sexual intercourse? Here are some numbers. 5.4 minutes, 9.1 minutes, 18.7 minutes, or 32.6. So there's nothing in the like one to two minutes range? Dave, again, you should talk to someone. <laughs> um, <who> was, <laughs> what was the lowest number? It was 5.4. 5.4. That sounds about right. That's right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you just... just 
<laughs> you know your men, Dave. Yes, I do. Uh, last question I have. Uh, if you had to describe the shape of a clitoris, what would you say? It's a button, it's a wishbone, or it's an eraser? <laughs> the hell is happening right now? I don't know if we're talking pencil eraser or like one of those big art gum erasers. I I'm going to say art gum eraser. Okay, no, it's it's a wishbone. It actually is because down the sides and into the body cavity. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it goes down the sides and into the body cavity. Yeah. We should become sex therapists, Dave. We're very knowledgeable. Yeah, after reading this Cosmo quiz, I'm practically a doctor. I know. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it. Okay, I'll give you this one last question, I guess. Okay. Who daydreams more while having sex, men or women? Oh, probably women. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think you've got every question correct, Dave. I think we're quite educated. We should here. start our own clinic. We should. This is what you get for spending <laughs> two, two middle-aged dudes like hiding out in the asbestos-ridden yeah thing who have the gym. admittedly zero like <laughs> knowledge from the high school through most of their twenties. Yeah. All right, Dave. Yeah. We're primed for this. Exactly. All right. Yeah. That's well, it. I guess so. Well, I, I wanted to ask you, Yeah. did you have a sex education in, what is American sex education in, you were in school, what, like the uh, 1980s, basically? Yeah, I, I, 90s. I don't remember getting very much. I think there was a health class at some point that might have had a, a, a unit on it, but it mm -hmm. wasn't very comprehensive. And I do remember at some point in junior high, I think, we were about to watch a sex education movie and then the principal came in very dramatically at the start of health class and unplugged it and said the school board says we can't watch this wow and so like very much and i'm from a fairly yeah you're from a pretty northeastern liberal progress but that was the 80s and we didn't really get into it that much i think we had a guest speaker at some point in high school well, but, you must have had like an hiv speaker at some point because no, that was no, in the middle no, of the aids epidemic definitely right? not absolutely okay. not we did have a lot of teen pregnancy, though. Oh, okay. Uh, so those things go hand in hand. Interesting. Um, yeah, see, I would have thought, you know, being from where you were from, that that would be more... No, but in the Netherlands, for example, my wife's family, or, or uh, upbringing in the 80s, was just pummeled with sex education from, like, pre-puberty all through uh, junior and, and then high school. Like, she was saying, like, kids get it there a ton. A ton right. of sex education. They're very frank and open about it. So, like, so well, your wife lived the life that I was hoping we would have here. In she my did. Fantasy life. Of she did live it. Yeah. Although I don't think she was any different from either of us. Okay. So I don't. But I don't know. Actually, I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> now I'm nervous for this conversation that's happening. Okay. Honey, I have some socks for you to wear. Let's talk <laughs> about high school. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Some, like knee-length woolen socks. Oh God! Um, but but yeah, a ton of sex education over there, and then um, also the really reduced pregnancy rates and STD transmission. Yeah, because like that's how that that's how that works. That's how that works. Goes um, hand in hand. But what about you? Same. Well, same thing. I mean, we had the we had the divide the boys and the girls up. Oh. The girls went in one class, and strangely enough, the. Girls, and this was an anecdotal story, and I'm not sure how true it was, but the girls apparently were taught to put condoms on bananas. Oh, we, I don't think because we, we had this that. kind of like risque older lady teacher who was oh. like, like cutting, cutting close to the rules, you know. So she taught, and which seems odd because we were the ones with the penises that we should have been learning. It's like, you know. You're, yeah. you've got a bunch of firemen who have to put their gear on, but you're like training the people in the 911 telephone <laughs> office how to put the gear on. Oh, yeah. There's no responsibility on the boys. Don't you yeah, worry. Don't, yeah. Anyway, so we didn't learn anything about putting condoms on. But yeah, STIs, that kind of thing. Um, mm. But yeah, very brief. And then I think two two sections. One, we had like in health in like grade six and then grade nine more a little more in depth but never anything about pleasure or anything like oh, that. oh that's or, never on the table it's just like here's all the ways you can die or get horribly diseased or sure yeah and also non-straight people didn't exist there's no non-straight oh yeah there's no there is no opening for non-binary which i didn't say that before but that's the part i enjoy about this show is that they they were very inclusive in this show yeah which is which is great yeah, yeah. like further on in season three there's like a, a whole non-binary non element that gets brought up and well, stuff that, 
I mean, that shows you that this is as much as it's an homage to the John Hughes 80s movies. It's not incorporating the outlook of the 80s. Yeah. Which, which was I just watched 16 Candles the other day with my wife, which is a movie I loved growing up as a kid. And you yeah. watch it now with the and you're like, oh, my Lord, this is this is so like homophobic and misogynistic oh gosh, and yeah. problematic. But like that was the 80s, you know? Yeah. And we don't. Yeah. So this show is not that. We had a friend come by this summer who just uh, over over COVID with his daughter, who was probably like 19, 20, sat down and watched all the James Bond movies oh, <laughs> from the yeah. beginning and didn't realize like, you know, rewatching them, how horribly problematic a lot of that the sexism is in the oh, earlier yeah. ones. So. It's pretty comically so almost yeah. at this point. But anyway, yeah, so yeah. You, I don't have to ask you if you continue watching it because you've already done that. Yeah, what about you? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I like it. It's good. Um, it is entertaining and it does, there's some really funny moments, you you know, and it does, you know, the characters all follow really interesting arcs. So. Yep. I'm interested. So I'll probably keep watching it. Yeah. Um, what are we doing next time? Okay. Let's, let's figure this out. Let's figure it out. Okay. Here we go. So th- we're watching <clears throat> now the number one, the balls is this, um, <laughs> balls is this? squid game. <laughs> Squid Game. <laughs> Squid Game. It's South Korean. Awesome. It's called Squid Game. Squid Game. Okay, now we're now we're getting into it. No idea what this is. That's is great. Squid Game. Squid Game. It is. Well, okay, everybody, watch Squid Game, and we'll see you next week to talk about whatever the living hell Squid Game <laughs> that is. Sounds could fun. Be anything. It could be Korean I... sex show. <laughs> anyway, tentacle porn. Oh, come All on. Right. All right. Talk, talk to, to you later. later. <laughs> If you enjoyed the show, please give us a rating and maybe a review on the Apple Podcast Store. This is the number one thing you can do to help out the show, strangely enough. And it's simple and it's easy and you can do it right now. If you have an advice question that you think Dave and I can help you with, write us at whyarepeoplewatchingthis at gmail.com with your question and uh, we will answer it in our bonus mini episode, which will be released each week. Um, called Dave and Justin Have Some Thoughts, where we offer expert advice, um, sort of. Why Are People Watching This is hosted and produced by me, Justin Gregg, and Dave Lawrence. The silly theme music you hear is written and recorded by me with help from my amazing and talented wife. Why Are People Watching This is a production of Outside the Lines Press with support from the Black Box Collective and Anaganish Improv.